Oh, man. I, I, oh, you're covered in coffee. <laughs> Finally, I'm sticky. Yeah. On today's episode, Griffin will be uh, sticky and wet. Lux, dry and normal. I'm also spiritually sticky, Lux. That's true. You cling to things. I've been... Well, no, 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 not normally. Just this week, you know, I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a sticky sort of gamer haze. It's just been such a big month, and I feel like I've like not lived like a normal human. Yeah, I'm gonna push back on just this week because you've been playing and talking about Final Fantasy 14 for like four months. It started to hit me though. I yeah. think I finally, I started to, like the combination of Endwalker and this new Call of Duty game and just everything. I'm like, oh my god, I've been playing too much video games um yeah that is that is pretty especially ugh. when you explain it out loud to someone else like you're like talking to a co-worker they're, they're they're like oh yeah i'm a gamer i like playing call of duty and i'm and then you're like they're like what do you play and i'm like well i play final fantasy i play call of duty i'm playing pokemon i'm losing my mind i'm yeah. playing too much I mean, you got it. That's I'm, the thing is gaming. Gaming is, is the best way to spend your time, but there's no single thing that you can use for all your time. You got to have another thing. You got to like read a book or watch a movie sometimes. Yeah, it's just I don't know. I mean, I, I've been watching Attack on Titan again. All right. We can well, talk about that. That's that's a start. Yeah, it's like a you could. Uh, why don't you watch uh, the the Netflix anime Record of Ragnarok? For, uh, for finally, a couple days. Finally someone's, finally, someone's putting that guy down in a court of law. Yeah, finally they're getting Ragnarok on the record. And that's all on, the, on the books. Yeah, it's like Anne Rice's interview with a vampire. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's a fun show that'll uh, that'll that'll goose you up and then you'll feel refreshed, ready to rock, having a good time. I, I, do, I do feel like I need a refreshment of some sort. Um, which seems odd in this era of me playing all the games I love, but yeah, just feeling sticky today. Not, not really, not feeling, not feeling ready. You know, I'm totally unprepared for this episode. Well, so excited to be here. We're recording a day earlier than usual. Yeah. And usually on my Mondays, you know, I get, I, I summon a lot of strength. I mean, yeah, that's the, that's the sort of spirit bomb generation, uh, hyperbolic time chamber, sort of collecting your thoughts, pre-show prep day. It's also like the day where the news comes out. Yeah, that is the day where the news comes out, which is important for us. Um, I have a piece of news for you. Please. Uh, the Crazy Frog NFT is dropping soon. And by soon, I mean in about <laughs> 10 days. Now, for listeners, Griffin is uh, on a Discord background, so I think he got up, but I cannot tell because he just disappears pretty often. <laughs> <laughs> um, I ran to my second mining computer, which is uh, draining 90% of the electricity from the preschool next to me, uh, and to mint or what, get an NFT. I I'm excited. Well, here's I'm the, to get rich. Here's the big twist. This is a yeah. twist. This twist was generated by friend of the show, Jay Rios. Uh, shouts out to Jay, one of one of one of the best boys. Jay then tweeted at the at Crazy Frog when they dropped their NFT news. If they're making you support NFTs against your will, like this reply. And moments later, Crazy Frog liked the reply. Wow. <laughs> so Crazy so Frog is like chained up in a basement somewhere, <laughs> being forced to become an NFT against his will. Yeah, yeah, I, that's that's really sad. We should free Crazy Frog. He's listen. We've always loved how crazy he was, but there's a line. We should and free I think he Crazy Frog. <laughs> I don't I don't know who Crazy Frog is, but I'm I'm willing to lay down my life to free this person. You don't remember the crazy? You, you don't remember Crazy Frog? No. Okay. Uh, now it's I, it, those are just two words. That's not that's not a thing. It, it, oh, but. Our, we, I'm not that much older than you. Our age gap is pretty narrow, but I guess this might be emblematic of it. Hold on. Let me get Crazy Frog up and I'll stream it to you. Uh, oh, is this some like really old school like meme or something? It's not, it's not that old. I mean, it's old. It's like 13 years old, but it's like not crazy old. Hmm. Um, right, let me just uh, let me just get this up and then let me remember how to stream in Discord. See, back, back then, back this is proof that back then it was just easier. You could just be like, what if a frog was crazy? And then like... You're a star. You never have to work again. All right, we're watching the stream. All right. Oh, dun, 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 dun. well, I know the song. Yeah, but wait till you see this frog. Oh, baby. 
This is a great music video, honestly. Does this have three billion views? You know it does. There he is. Oh, it's this guy. Yeah. Oh, no. I know this guy. Yeah, of course you know Crazy Frog. That's why I was surprised you didn't know Crazy Frog, because I was sure that you did. Oh, that's my email. I'm going to stop streaming, so you can't see all the people who are messaging me about um Don't worry, Dropbox. I've already screen captured it. Oh, no. I've already, You're gonna see I've already screen I, captured it for the for the premium fans who can pay for this video. Yeah, they can see uh, that I've gotten and re- I've both received and replied to an email from Douglas. Fuck. And then you guys just you count the breadcrumbs from there. Yeah, that's that's the first hint on your QAnon journey. Um, Man, I was thinking about something stupid recently. Well, let's talk about Crazy Frogs. More. So, yeah, that's becoming I, an I, NFT. I, 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 yeah, I have thoughts on Crazy Frog. Um, Yeah, it's, it's weird because like anyone who's like, I, I mean, I don't know. Already, like if you're setting out to be like just an artist, like like it's respectable, but like seems like an impossible financial journey at this point. Um, but then for like the people who are, I guess, whatever, Internet famous for their art, they are in this weird corner now where like everyone is telling them to like make these like child pedophile coins of their art uh, or not child pedophile coins, but like. <laughs> contribute to a system uh that you know breeds and raises new pedophiles a pedophile army yeah Um, sorry the phrase child pedophile is very funny to me like there's a child who likes kids and everyone is like disgusting yeah he's not allowed near schools (laughs) yeah his his grades are bad (laughs) uh so um it's it's weird because like uh, I'm sure you, you've talked to people like you know our, some of our art artist friends with Patreons and stuff about like them getting to NFTs and I think like the the bigger feeling that I think the larger collective community has is this like shock that this is even still happening like, yeah and and that like the longer it goes on the more and like. like unremovable it is i don't know it's it's like every day it's more and more tattooed onto like this weird new digital architecture well there's two ways to think about it i think as far as like from like a critical perspective which is like one is that it's effectively a pyramid scheme right the whole thing is like i'll sell you this certificate that says you own ape art for 10 ethereum and i guarantee you'll be able to sell to someone else for 15 ethereum It's people trying to sell Cutco knives online. Yeah. yeah. It's just a pyramid scheme. The other thing about it that's interesting is that it also is, and it shouts out to my friend Brian for, for supporting this out, is that it's like a a way to assert the ability to invent value without labor. Like that there's no real labor value to the production of or creation of an NFT meaningfully. It's just like code that gets generated through the blockchain. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, but but there but the majority of financial earnings now are, aren't gained through value but through trading hands. Right, but there's like say take like GameStop, right? Like GameStop's inextricable from the labor of people who work at GameStop or work at the packaging plants that put the stuff together for GameStop to ship, etc. Um like that's part of it, right? This is like Marxist commodity fetishism thing. Like society's organized to make us not notice the labor that's built into these things, but it does exist. Um, and if society's meant to not let you know about the GameStop. Yeah, exactly. Society's built around the idea of, you know, uh, GameStop works in mysterious, elusive ways. Yeah, I got my shoes from the factory. No one made them. They just sort of appeared. Now I have shoes. I don't need to worry right. about the cost of my shoes or how that affects the people who had to make them or how they get paid or whatever. That's like classic society stuff. And These if, are alienated transactions. Exactly. And uh, and the refunds are discrepant like there's discrepancies there <laughs> yeah there's discrepancies in the paperwork for sure um but then the other but then nfts are interesting because they assert their value with zero affiliation to labor right like it's not because their value is not that, that an artist made it or that a specific artist made it or the technique that went into making it or any of that it is just that because it is now blockchainified it has this inherent value that is totally abstracted from labor which is interesting in a world where labor is starting to assert its value socially right where we're getting like unionized Starbucks and Kellogg strikes and John Deere strikes. Um, it is, I don't think coincidental that we are also starting to invent a way for rich people to claim to have a bunch of money that is extricated from value, from labor value entirely. Right. But like we already do that in a bunch of other spheres. Like that is like a lot of what trading on like weird stocks or right, and other assets. That's and stuff. the thing is those things are still labor contingent because they're still the reason those companies make money is because of labor in a way that is not true of NFTs. 
NFT right, is like totally separate. Isn't it labor? Well, no, it's because the value doesn't come from the art, right? It has nothing to do with the art. It, mm-hmm. The value generated purely through the blockchain, right? You're yeah. not, you're not paying because you're not buying the piece of art. You're buying a certificate mm-hmm. that says you own the piece of art, even though you don't actually own it in any meaningful way. That's the difference, mm-hmm. right? The value isn't because I can just right click your NFT and save it on my fucking hard drive. You don't actually own the thing. Um, yeah. But they can just sort of like the, with NFTs, it's like you I made this blockchain certificate for you or it was automatically generated by the blockchain or whatever. The certificate exists. You have it now. It's worth this money. There's zero labor value involved because it's just an, a random string of numbers created by a computer. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's just a very interesting thing that exists in the world, even though. It, and I think it's very interesting how much Lux knows about this system, perhaps a little too much. Maybe he's got his hands a little dirty in the process. <laughs> oh, busted. I wish I had a Discord, <laughs> she Discord background so I could just disappear for a second. <laughs> yeah, just, <laughs> God. Um, I, I, I'm trying to, th- I'm just, I'm just, you know, everything of all my money is fungible. And you know what? That's, it makes it more fun. You want, yes. In fact, for a long time in sort of economic theory, fungible money was like, is like important. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like fungibility, get it is, wet fungibility is good, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But so guys, more. that was our, that was our economics lesson. Fungible. We're pro funge. We're pro funge. We for sure. If you could raise the funge, you know, listen, uh, FPS stands for fungible per second. Uh, and <laughs> If F- fungibles, they win games. Yeah, that's why we're sponsored by the new uh, Asus fungible monitor. You're gonna get 160 fungibles a second. Yeah, you can you can copy that monitor, give it to anyone you want. You can trade it for sort of anything. Um, it's a good. It's monitor. not real, and I've already ran away with your wallet. Yeah, and uh, Griffin has a pyramid scheme. He has the Gantt chart in his back in the back of his house. I um, wish I had this Zoom background in real life, so I could just just fade out of frame. It would be really nice. Just sort of do the Homer Simpson into the bushes anytime. Yeah, man, that's the future. That's the future with AR. You know, that's why we have to go to. A, we can't do. We can't let VR take over. We have to get to AR spaces where you're walking around with your own background. Yeah, just glitching out and disappearing sort of anytime. Yeah. Um, speaking of the future, it's the present, mm-hmm. which means you're listening to Game Boys, a podcast about video games, despite how it's gone so far. I am one of your hosts, and my name is Lux. And I am Griffin, the second host. And of course, we're always joined by Bitcoin miner extraordinaire Haley. Yeah, she lives in a, she has a chair made out of Bitcoins. She, today, she's on the ones and zeros and fungible and the token. Yeah. I, she, you, she, Lux knows about this. I don't. She's on the ones and zeros. She's funging tokens. She's mixing it up. It sucks that it just wasn't a month of that, that it's just it's here forever. And that's that's the bleakest part about it. That like eventually I will have to figure out what it means. Yeah, maybe it sucks. Well, uh, we shall see. But it is definitely a possibility that we all have to learn how to deal with it in our lives, which is. Unless we elect Pete Buttigieg in 2024 and he outlaws it. Yeah. And unless we can all do the special dance to mm-hmm. get rid of NFTs. Do you, think, do you think just like in like new anime intros each season, there'll be a new Pete Buttigieg Imagine Dragons-esque dance? I can, you can only assume there would be. Yeah. It should be it should be longer and there should be a lot of camera spirals around him as he like grows older. Yeah. <laughs> totally. And like little shots of like Chasen on like a colored background, like a silhouette of Chasen being like <laughs> Yeah. Like making pose. Yeah. A lot of both of them on pillars of sand, but they're being separated. They're trying to hold each other's hand, but it, yeah. it there's like a wave. Like, yeah. <laughs> when you walk away. <laughs> Yeah, I, can't, uh, I honestly dude, can't wait for Buttigieg season two. I yeah, I mean he is going to open the door to light. Um, but you know, I, you mentioned Chastin off off mic, and and I do I I do feel like we I feel really bad for Chastin. Yeah, dude, no one even knows how to say his name right. Is it Chastin? Is it Chasen? Is it Chastin? Is it Chasen? No one knows. Um, so that's uh, a, I don't, a rough start. I, 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 well, here's I will bet I, he's one of those cool cucumbers that like does not care. Like he's probably one of those guys where you you could say any of them, yeah, and he's not like, like Timothy, um, actually, much like Timothy Chalamet. Um, yeah, no, he wouldn't um actually you on that shit. Um, 
But uh, yeah, you sent me the thing that was like Chastin. It's like still has to pay for his student loans. Yeah, there was very there bleak. was a post on his IG stories where he posted a screen cap of the Biden administration's like student loans get are coming back, baby. They're coming back. New season of student loans, January twenty twenty two. And he mm-hmm. was like, "No, I don't think so." Merry Christmas was his post. Just nuts because it's like. Pete Buttigieg makes $225,000 a year. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. But, you know, it costs a lot to buy puppies discreetly. Yeah. And it costs a lot <laughs> to prepare them correctly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a whole team of chefs. Yeah. Uh, so you need um, sharp knives. Many of them. So, yeah, I feel like, you know, uh, we felt bad for Chastin for a long time. Chastin has seemed cool. Did you watch the the Mayor Pete documentary? I did not. It is insane and tragic, and it is not about Pete at all. If you're if you're watching with a key, listen, okay, basics, including the director, think it's about how Pete is awesome. But anyone watching the movie, it, the movie is about Chastin and this horrible situation he's ended up in. He is he needs help. He he is he is like his eyes are screaming for help. He he is the the account liking the reply. He's crazy frog. Yeah, that's true. He is he is extremely like just waiting for someone to liberate him from the situation. And I don't think it's like I I'm willing to wager. And this is this is a this is a bet, and it's based on very little. But I feel like it's not even that he's like oh I'm sick of Pete and I hate Pete. It's like I'm sick of the sort of position I've been put in by being close to Pete. Do you know what I mean? I think he still like is a fan of his of his of his husband Pete. I think it's 50-50. I think it is th- that it is awful to be married to someone uh in that kind of position of power in Washington. Uh but I think it is also that he has realized more and more what is just an empty fucking shell of a person Pete is. Right. It do- I do the vibe that Chasen does have like I don't know his politics, but does have like some set of like principles and like ideas about how the world should be. And Pete is very like willing to trade those for like uh, getting to be the head of the Department of Transportation or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, maybe I'm projecting a little bit here, but Chastin reminds me a lot of our mutual friend, Ben Burford. And I feel like I feel like Chastin, I get the energy I get from Chastin is that, that he is just on like an MMO depression route. Like yeah. that he's just like playing a lot of like fucking, you know, uh, like Genshin impact or, like or something right now. Right. Yeah. Like what are those yeah. like endless anime games? Yeah. And just like in some sort of depression MMO haze. And I'll, I just want to say Chastin, we're here for you. Um, and you know, there's always final fantasy 14. Jason Buttigieg <laughs> come on game boys. what I say, yeah. Um, we we also will not pay your student loans. I just want to be really clear oh, about that. Fucking, we got other problems. Um, what what's the point of marrying into like Washington if you still have student loans? It's so bleak. It's like none of the benefits. Like like back when you used to be in political royalty, you used to like, you know, be set for life, and now he's like. Chastin probably doesn't even have a PS5. Well, Pete never had any of the like the big money politics jobs. Really. He's like the mayor of like a medium sized town. And, and then also like, CIA. And now he's like a cabinet member. And then like, yeah, I guess he should have gotten some money from fucking. Yeah, that does raise a question of like if he worked at McKinsey, like how. Did yeah, he, he worked at McKinsey. Um, <laughs> my man, had, my man must have a few, at least a few mil in the bank. Um, like, can you can you imagine having like a mill in the bank and then like your spouse having like $60,000 of student loans and not just immediately. <laughs> it's just awesome. Uh, just having some weird, like artificial principle about it. That's that rocks, dude. Yeah. That's you, you rock, dude. That's fucking crazy. Like if, like if I had that kind of money, if my friend had a bunch of student loans, my friend who I'm not even like married or anything, I'd be like, Hey man, I need some help. Um, Mm-hmm. I'd li- listen. I'd marry. I'd marry. Yeah, I'd marry my friend. That's one way to do it. You can also just I, give your friend I, some money. I, yeah, we'd be at the ceremony. And I'd be like, I do. And, oh, I forgot all about those student loans. <laughs> oh, about that. Yikes. Mm. Ooh, actually, I don't. 
I do to the wedding. Do not to the, whatever he said about student loans. Uh, yeah. So that is uh, that's the that's the chat and corner. I don't know, man. That's the chat and uh, chat. That's Chas and Chat. You know, if you want to talk about something else uh, in the news that a little slightly more gamer related, but something that curdles the soul, and I do use the word curdle specifically here, Lux, because employees at Activision Blizzard, women who were pregnant and breastfeeding in the offices reported that their breast milk was being stolen in the refrigerators. Yeah. Like it's, it's, we're never going to be as good at writing as like this thing where like, they just keep coming up with new things that top that like in the scale of absurdity, like top the previous, like sort of stuff. Like it serves a lot. Like I was like the top level, horrible shit. That's like sort of nightmare shit. Like the Cosby lounge, all that stuff. But then there's like the day to day little like mini horror show elements of it. And like every time a new one leaks, it's like more bizarre and more inscrutable than the last. And this is top of the charts to me in terms of like, it's like, what is what is even who? Why? Who does who does it? And to what end? Goblins, man, just weird fucking gremlin men. Uh, it, it's bizarre. Um, it's it's very very strange. It's it almost seems fake by how like comical it is. But multiple women have reported that this happened, so it wasn't just like one person's stuff got thrown out by accident or something. Um, and yeah, it is it is pretty wild. I mean, you say you couldn't write this. You remember how there's that like. There's that TV show by that It's Always Sunny guy about how he's like the head of like a video game studio. Oh, Mythic Quest? It's on like, it's on like Apple TV and no one watches it. Mythic Quest. Um, it was pretty, second season was pretty good. Yeah, but it, what's funny to me is like that show's premise is just that that guy is like kind of an asshole. But it's like the actual culture of these like game studios is so much more heightened than like anything that probably happens on that show. Yeah, I know. Nothing on that show is come close to like uh dudes are just like collecting breast milk from the fridge. Yeah. So it's um yeah it's a it's a it's a weird time. I mean I'm not really worried about like the, the the comedy or parody elements of it because it's just like, yeah I just think it's like it's so, just bleak it's just so bleak and it's so absurd and it's sort of like what's like what is going on here at all yeah it's tough because it's almost like I don't know it's almost like these IPs should be like distributed and like sold off just so we have to stop reading these stories. Like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure. Like it is, I, I'm not sure what, I'm not sure what the answer is at this point. I um, mean, it's gotta be like, it's like there simply has to be I, like meaningful labor stoppage. And like they're doing well, a fucking I, strike. <laughs> Yeah, they're doing a strike, but I think it has to I think it has to go far farther in terms of like the state or something coming down on this like mega corporation. I I, I read a stat yesterday after buying a Call of Duty Warzone skin in the game because I needed to buy a skin that was really bright so I would stand out and be easier to kill. Um after spending that skin, I read a stat that said Every single day, just on microtransactions from just Call of Duty Warzone, they make $5 million. Um, that's a day just for Call of Duty. Um, and it's starting to feel like these guys need to lose all, almost all of their money. Yeah. Like I mean, that, like a, a large portion of the company should be like eviscerated and divvied out. And like they like shouldn't be allowed to be a company anymore. Like I don't know what that, that means for any of these games, but like, it's just, you know, well, to put <laughs> the number into context, uh, they're doing an open ended strike with the, these, these striking blizzard workers and they mm -hmm. are trying to raise a strike fund to support that strike of $1 million. Right. And that's like to like last for a very long time for a lot of people. Um, mm -hmm. and that is 20% of what blizzard makes in a day off microtransactions. Right. And so it's like, guys, you can afford breast milk. You don't yeah, have to steal just, it. Yeah, they can just. Yeah, exactly. Like, what are they even just pay for it? You know, I get I, I, I have a box delivery. 
regardless uh it's um yeah it's it's bleak times over there and um definitely definitely like psychically trying to figure out what to do because it does get to a point where you do become psychically exhausted by the stories right yeah yeah it's it's almost like all the all the sort of the cruelties of the structure in which we do all this stuff are so overwhelming that then everyone just checks out well with the strike there is a meaningful actionable step people can make and i think that anyone who has bought blizzard games in recent times or blizzard activision games has done should make yes. which is you can donate to the strike fund um which we will be posting a link for yeah, in the uh, episode description I will absolutely do that um but yeah if you just go to gofundme.com slash f slash abk dash strike dash fund they've already mm-hmm. raised three hundred eleven thousand dollars they're trying to raise a million dollars to maintain the strike so go and support those people i think that's something that everyone who's bought blizzard activision games should do because like by buying those games, we've all contributed to a company that has, like Griffin well, said, a you, psychically violent culture. Yeah. And it's like, if you think about it, it's like you have been buying these games and enjoying these experiences that were made by these people. They weren't made by these freaks or these fucking stockholders. They were made by these people that have been hurt. And they you you owe it to them for all the joy they've given you over the years to protect them for the future. So, uh, fuck give Bobby Kodak little, and all those guys, give them some money, money. And, uh, one thing that I'm doing in my own personal life is I've dedicated myself to become the best call of duty player in the world. So that when I do take the stage and accept the award, I can assassinate whoever is the CEO at the time. And that's, and if you do, and it is true that if you are the best at a video game and you kill someone, uh, they have to let it go one time. Well, it's just like, I mean, I, whatever happens, at, I mean, at, at that point, I'll be the best. So maybe I had the skills to get out of there. But, you know, whatever happens <laughs> I mean, after that so point. War zone <laughs> that you could kill Bobby Kodak and get out and no one will fucking know. <laughs> um, you know, I, I just... Who knows when you're the best at that point? I'm not there yet. So we'll see. But it doesn't matter. Anything that happens after that point, I just need to get in the room with him. And you know, the only way to do that is to become number one. That's true. Very. So I'm doing this for you guys. Very anime narrative here. Um, Speaking of animes, those are TV shows. Speaking of TV shows, those have commercials. Let's do an ad break really quick. Okay. Welcome back to the show uh it's the end of the ad break and i'm lux and this is game boys and with me is griffin who is also a game boys mm-hmm. who's also who did you say also a game boys i did say that sure um let's talk about games man uh mm-hmm. even feeling sticky are you yeah. losing some of the juice about no those games or are you just like no okay i'm, I'm loving it i've just been in a, i've just been like it, the balance of my life has just been off because it's just if one of those games had come out and then I had, had like two weeks of breath and then the other one, maybe. But just the combination of them both and me like just diving headfirst, I'm sticky. But like I will say uh, I have been playing a little bit more Endwalker, um, but I've been going really slow with it because I wanted to level up reaper which is one of the new jobs um and i finally got my reaper up to the level cap to start the endwalker quests um and reaper was really fun i do think the mode that they have to help you level up from 70 to 80 it's this weird like side area it was a little grindy and repetitive which was a first for me in Final Fantasy 14 because so far you can just do the main story and feel like you're always doing content and that's how you level with your main character. But once that main story has gone, you do have to find other ways to like level your side jobs. And that wasn't as fun, if I'm being honest. Well, that's that's but, the class. That's Final Fantasy par excellence is like 
you kind of have to find some side quests and grind each to do to make sure you have access to all the fun jobs because there's just not enough story to level each job for individual yeah. characters. And there is cool content you can do and stuff, but you know, going from me mainlining like the best JRPG quests of all time to like doing stuff that was less fun, like it was a distinct difference. But now I'm 80, I've got into one of the new zones. It is just so breathtaking and just a beautiful little piano that comes in sometimes. It's it, it has this peaceful quality that Breath of the Wild had in some of the zones uh, where you could just kind of stand in them for a little bit and kind of just exist in them. And so uh, I am really enjoying it, but I'm beginning to feel the pressures of spoilers. All of my favorite YouTubers, all my favorite content creators are talking about the ending now. And uh, they're saying what I predicted, which is that it is the best one yet. It's going to be great. Finishes well, like the ending's great. But I got to I now I'm like, OK, now I got to be wary on the Internet again. Yeah. No, you're in the danger zone. I mean, even I know spoilers, you know. Oh, you know, the ending, <laughs> not the ending. But I bet I know stuff that you haven't gotten to yet. That would be a spoiler for you. Yeah, and you're a little spoiler. You're you're good at handling that stuff. Uh, I just don't think they're motherf- real. <laughs> that motherfucking guy in the Chum Room chat, Ralph, he posted two different articles that had AOT spoilers in my Discord. One of them had it in the like the hyperlink headline, and it's just like, bro, what are you doing? I feel like I am so responsible <laughs> for that for engaging with those articles when he was talking about them in the chat of the mm-hmm. Twitch stream. But, like, just because I don't give a shit doesn't mean it's fair to assume that the, like, 80 people or whatever in the gym room discord don't give a shit. Uh, gotta, yeah. be, gotta be respectful of space. Yeah, it, it is so funny, though. The second people get get the information, they just don't give a fuck about anyone else. Um, yeah, so, uh, I don't know. I'm, that's that's Endwalker. I have, like I said, now that we're on Attack on Titan, I have been rewatching Attack on Titan. I've watched the first two seasons uh, and I'm watching it in dub this time. I watched the original stuff in sub and, you know, the dub, I would say, is like an eight out of ten. It's pretty good. Are you um, are you enjoying it? Are you anything, are you anything new? Yes. Um, there's a lot of like, obvious like hints and like foreshadowing. You don't notice as a first time viewer, that stuff is obvious, especially about secrets about people's real identities and stuff like that. Um, and you know, there's like a big kind of topic in among attack on Titan fans that like season one popped off so hard and was like the number one show anime show. Uh, and then people said that season two wasn't that good. And a lot of people fell off. Season two is different. It's a it it does the dangerous thing of hopping away from the the main cast Mm -hmm. and making you care about new characters. But it's really good. Um, And and I think that. The main reason people actually don't like season two is because or people fell off is because there was a large gap between season one and season two when they came out. There's like years between season one and season two. And I think that's what like why some of the enthusiasm was kind of down at that point. Um, yeah, I yeah, like, buy that. I really like season there, two. There, yeah, there, there is something though that I will say that the show does narratively that I did want to mention that I think that like if there was to be some sort of like live action English version of this that I think they could re- reorganize some stuff. Essentially... What I, a lot of storytelling Attack on Titan is, is like something big with a character happens and then you spend an episode or two learning all the scenes that led them up to that choice or like all the scenes that like flesh out their backstory and who they are later. And sometimes that's like really impactful and sometimes it can feel really frustrating with certain characters uh, like Amir. There's this like Amir character in season two. Yeah. Uh, and you know, a lot of people don't like her and I think she actually has a really good story. I just think the information we learn about her is, is like not ordered well. So that like, by the time we learn about why we should care about her, it's a little too late. Yeah. I mean, I think she's sort of designed to be a mystery that informs how we feel about like everyone else and everything else, Mm -hmm. but you're not wrong. Like she's not 
she's not there to be cared about, but that's also maybe not the best choice for the show either way. Like maybe it's good to make your character someone you give a shit about. Yeah. It's like, I actually do end up caring about Amir and she had a really great voice actor in, in the dub version. Um, this is an act. She's in a lot of stuff. Uh, and I really did care for her once I remembered all this stuff about her. But yeah, the order of events just doesn't do her any favors. So a lot of people just feel like, oh, this superfluous character takes up so much time. And then this season doesn't spend enough time with the other characters. But I'm loving it. I'm on season three now, which I just do remember turns everything up a notch. Um, and yeah, we're 28 days from the end of the anime coming out. Uh, I'm just very very excited to uh, to come to the end of this this really long and powerful journey it'll be uh really good for us to have a weekly segment on the show again that we can just count on to fill 10 to 15 minutes every week oh thank god that's yeah. what i'm really it'll, that's oh god uh it'll be good we got to get back to getting guests we got to get back to having segments because boy Gotta fill this time somehow. Um, it's hard every week. Every week you fuckers want an hour yeah. for free, and you know what? You get it, but it's not going to be good. Yeah. Well, that was that was even when we had segments of guests, that was still true. But um, let me talk about the game that I've been playing. So I'm playing a new game. Please. So they're making a Dune RTS. I learned. Okay. And the original Dune Two RTS was formative for a young Lux. Uh-huh. Um, loved that game, played that game way before I read the books, uh, loved all that stuff so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, now I was like, oh, they're making a new one and it, it sounds interesting. It looks cool. And a lot of the, a lot of the ad stuff has been like from the people who brought you Northgard. Mm-hmm. So of course I was like, got a peep game on Northgard. Uh, saw it was for the Switch. Have not tried playing a strategy game on the Switch. Decided that it was time. Downloaded mm-hmm. that bad boy, booted it up, and that game, it's fun. It's a fun little game. Okay. Uh, it's a little inscrutable sometimes as far as like how some of the mechanics work. I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. But it's a fun game where you basically play as like a Viking clan and you have to like build out your little town, explore the area, fight monsters, like make discoveries, cultivate uh-huh. trade relations, stuff like that. Um, and I'm very into, uh, into it. I'm really, uh, nice. I think it's, we're in the, it's a Dune era right now. It's, it's hot. It, Dune is hot. And Northgard is a fun diversion from sort of been playing a lot of Shin Megami Tensei, both for myself and for the stream, been playing Final Fantasy three with Forrest on the double fantasy stream, been playing Pokemon on my own time. Lots uh-huh. of sort of like classic JRPG stuff, which is great, but uh-huh. this is a nice little mix them up. A nice little, uh, speaking of feeling sticky, it's a real reset to the old, the old dome. Yes. Um, so, you know, there was, speaking of sort of like uh, announcements, you know, that game was announced at the Game Awards. That's uh, true. But there was also a few other things announced at the Game Awards. Haha, I found a way to fill time. You see what I just be- that was a beautiful segue and a beautiful time fill. That was really great. Um, so, uh, wow. I, there is some things that I did want to mention here. Uh, first up, the friggin' Sonic Frontiers game. That's right. Open world Sonic game. We're doing it. Damn. All right. That sounds interesting. I saw a couple clips of that. Uh, and it seems fascinating. Uh, I think it like is cool. I, I like, I don't know if, if they have like sort of the vibe of like Bowser's furry or whatever, like, and like, I don't know, you go real fast and then you get to like locations where you have to do kind of like a little bit more intricate platforming. Like there is something about Sonic just zooming around like a massive open world level that could be like very cool. Yeah. That's what I was about to say is that like. I feel like if you're going to make a giant open world, like Sonic is one of the top pre-existing characters to put in there just because like seeing how far you can run mm-hmm. and how fast you can run from point A to point B is like a big chunk of the Sonic fun. Right. And so like building the world to be huge and and invigorating that way and making you want to explore it. Mm-hmm. Um, that is like that's that's fascinating to me. That seems like a very fun fun little thing. And I, I mean, and Sonic just seems like a, seems like a perfect character for it. And I'm excited to see what happens. Uh, 
Uh, so that's an interesting one. You know, there's a lot of other game announcements. We have an official Wonder Woman game coming out. There's a Star Trek game. Of course, you mentioned Dune. Uh, but there was something that made me absolutely go Among Us sus. And that's the new Among Us VR game. Weird. Uh, finally, you can be Among Us in VR. And, and I'm excited for that. Um, that I'm, that's the first, it's the first time I was like, oh, this seems like an actual application of VR that like is trolly, but like I might actually want to play. It sounds, I'm curious about it for sure. <laughs> um, man, I just like VR is just such a tricky thing to set up, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I, I just hope too many things I'm interested in don't get stuck behind, behind the wall. Uh, uh, like physically, but well, just behind the like the the wall of like yeah of like having to get like, the VR set up and like get it all rigged up, pay the money for it, find the space. Oh, I thought you meant like you were playing VR and then you get stuck behind a wall. No, that, I mean I'm worried about. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm terrified of that. I'm terrible well, about getting I, virtual reality cask of Amontillado uh, for the rest of my life. Yeah. But like, I was thinking more about like the cost barrier. Hmm. Okay. Uh. Well, you know. By the time it's like really worth it, it'll be affordable. That's true. All right. Speaking of the game awards. Yeah, there's a lot of other things here that I had to mention. Do you see this fucking Matrix video game? That looks fucking cool, I think. So so it's a demo for it's not a real game. It's a demo slash advertisement for the Matrix movie. Uh, but it's for a demo of this Unreal Engine 5. Uh, and... It is pretty hard to see the difference between the live action shots and the digital ones. Yeah, it looks good. It looks good as shit, as visually speaking. Yeah. I haven't booted up on the PlayStation 5 yet. I've only watched the online footage, but I did get it for the PlayStation. So I'm going to be excited to check that out uh, later this week. And shouts out to our friend Rory, a blank from the pod, uh, for relentlessly posting videos of it trying to make it look as bad as possible <laughs> yeah that the man the man is a king um yeah. uh, but yeah that one looked really interesting i thought it was cool to sort of show off technology and also have it be like a promo for the for the movie i'm excited about so that was just like a fun little piece i i am inclined to agree okay i got your agreement there nice um i, I was excited about it um now do you want to go through some of these award winners from the Game Awards and give me your thoughts? I do, but there was one other thing I wanted to mention. All I'm right. trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember what game it was. I'm looking at the list of things that was announced here. There was a lot of, a lot of interesting stuff. It's true. Um, no, come back to me. Oh no, the last thing I wanted to mention. It wasn't, it wasn't Game Awards or games. It was this freaking <laughs> Halo TV show. Oh yeah, it's coming. Did you see the trailer? I did. What? What? what, what okay. Guys. <laughs> Here's the thing. If you want anyone to take you seriously, it can't look fan made. Yeah, it has to it look a lot tighter than it does. It can't look like a fucking rich fan made it. Like we've seen high pro production fan made stuff. It looks like this. And you need to like make sure when you're making something that it doesn't look like that. And it's not just like any specific budgetary constraint. It's a little bit of everything. It's the artistic framings. It's the actors they've cast. It's the things they've chosen to like showcase. It's just like the sensibility of all of it. Well, we've reached is that, just we've reached that amateur. Yeah, we've reached that point where like it's interesting because. For a while, there was like a sort of like equipment gap between like what fans could do and what studios could do. But now a lot uh -huh. of the studio gear, at least like a low level sort of like stuff that you could use for a studio production is accessible to fans at like if you have enough money um, and and the enough money number is like substantially lower than it was, say, 10 years ago. Uh -huh. um, but there is still like a question like skill and craft and practice and like artistic outlook that is just super missing from the fan stuff. And that's very true of the Halo thing, too. Like there's not. It doesn't it's, really it, have a look. It doesn't really have a style. It doesn't really have like a consistent approach across things. Everything's very sort of like, like lit pretty straightforward. Everything's sort of framed very straightforward. The performances are very bleh. There's just not a lot of style to it. And like, that's the distinguishing thing because there's a lot of stuff that comes out on all these streaming services that is like 
paint by numbers, fucking blurp bleep, bloop blop. Here's a show. Watch it. You slot pigs go. And we've just increasingly learned that like, that's not good enough. There has to be a look like, look what happened to fucking, uh, uh cowboy bebop, right? Like exactly. Which got canceled. Yeah. Yeah. There was, it had shitloads of money. It had a ton of stuff to work off. It had a built in fan base. And because it had no style to it for a show that is made about style, like literally it's going to be yeah. what the show is about to like to totally fail in that respect sucks. And the same is true with Halo. where like, this should feel dark, gritty, military, Helm's Deep, overwhelming kind of vibes. And there's just none of that really in the in the trailer. Yeah, I'm not and I'm not even really sure it has to be one tone. It it just has to be a tone. Like, I'm not sure that there's like one specific right one, but it just has to be one tone consistent. Like maybe, maybe, maybe Halo is a, actually more of a Pirates of the Caribbean vibe where Master Chief is kind of a silent guy, but there's an ensemble cast. Maybe Halo is more of like a, like a Vin Diesel type uh, horror where like the Chronicles of Riddick and it's more based on the, the flood. Like, like who knows? Like, but it had it. It can't feel like this. And, and, you know, I know advertising is one thing, but especially when we're adapting video games, anime and things that are big swings that people already are predisposed to think probably won't be good. You really have to get it right. And you can't you can't lowball you can't lowball the numbers on these. And I don't necessarily mean in terms of like production. I mean, lowball it in terms of like creative talent. Yeah, whatever that takes. No, I would like, rather a movie like, like Halo. Sh- Halo should be directed by fucking Martin Scorsese. Halo should like, be directed like, by like um like Sam Mendes or like right uh, uh fucking not Steven Spielberg but like people like that who make these big either like big sweeping epics I mean, or like Dennis fucking Catherine Bigelow right like Catherine Bigelow who made like uh fucking Jarhead or whatever and Strange Days and Zero Dark Thirty would be amazing to make like a dark gritty like. You know, Halo's story of Master Chief and some soldiers who are fighting 10 million aliens who are yeah. going to eat the world. Like, that would be awesome. I mean, she, I mean, Catherine Bigelow should be in The Hague, but I'd let her out to make the Halo TV show and then put her back in. Yeah. Exactly. And that's how we should treat every uh, filmmaker, is they should stay, <laughs> myself included. Uh, we should all be in jail and only well, let well, out mainly for this, our prog- projects. At least the CIA plants. Yeah, for sure, them. Um, all right. So let's go through some of these game award awards. Please. All right. Uh, please, you actually are going to I'm I'm going in cold. I don't know any of them. All right. So the winner of the player's voice award, which is, I think, the player voting award for best game. <laughs> oh, and that's actually just the, the five different nominees of players voices like. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> just d- Different voices. Yeah. The winner was a guy. <laughs> Hi, who, guys. The winner was guy. He <laughs> talks like this. Um, no, the Damn winner. Damn it. My, the winner what, was Halo dude, Infinite. <laughs> the Slur Guy snubbed again. Yeah, Slur Guy's never going to win that award. I'm sorry to tell him. Not in PC America. But, but they keep nominating him. Yeah, you know, got to placate to the flyover states. But they keep they keep making him dress up and show up to the event. <laughs> just to be humiliated every time. <laughs> just to be humiliated. Uh, uh, okay, so who won? Halo Infinite wins the Player's Voice Award. I don't even care or know what that means, but okay. Um, Does that mean that people got mad and said the game looked bad and they they worked on it? Is that is that what this award no, for? It's the one that's like the player. It's like based on player voting. Oh, uh, wow! You can hear you can hear the voices of a thousand gamers cry out and then silence. It's true. Uh, a couple awards I don't care about. Uh, Kena Bridge of Shadows won both debut indie game and overall indie game. I I feel bad because I pushed every single developer of Kena Bridges Shadows Bridges Spirits into other, a locker. Sorry. <laughs> I pushed them all into lockers. You stepped on my joke. It's okay. Um, sorry, I, I I was just trying to correct myself. I didn't want to get bullied. No, it's okay. It, it's way it's way better to correct yourself. I just want to get bullied. By let anyone. me say what I wanted to say. I just wanted to not get bullied. I just I didn't I didn't want to get shoved in a locker, Griffin. It's scary. Uh, I feel like that game is fine. I feel like that game could have come out 10 years ago. Um, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I have no animus towards the game, uh, but that game has no swag. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Returnal wins best action game. Okay. Uh, I heard that game was I heard that game was mechanically actiony, so respect. It's true. Um, best multiplayer game, it takes two. 
Okay. All right. What? Were, wait a sec. What were the other nominees here? Because uh, it takes two was one of the most frustrating <clears throat> experiences. Uh, Back for Blood, Knockout City, New World, Valheim, and Monster Hunter Rise were the nominees. Uh, well, I think it should have gone to Valheim. Probably. Um. That's that's pretty ridiculous. It take. <sighs> wow. More like, is that all it takes? Damn. To win a game award? <laughs> Damn fucking bodied. I don't know. Maybe I, I, I wish the, the developer's parents had stayed together so they would have never become an artist. <laughs> Damn. Brutal. All right. Best esports game, I think, once again, is League of Legends. Let's go. Uh, it's it's really funny. Uh, a bunch of people I know have started playing League of Legends because of that TV show. And after talking to each of them for more than 60 seconds, I get them to admit they don't like the TV show that much. Oh, I like the show <laughs> a lot. The show's kind of slow. The animation is really carrying a lot of weight for the show, I feel like. It has like interesting themes, actually. I think it's like a lot smarter in terms of like what it's talking about than I expected it to be. Oh, no. I do think the themes are good. I just don't like the pace of the show it's a little slow it's for sure a little slow yeah i think the animation is like it, it it's like oh it's pretty enough they'll be fine yeah it, it is a little slow and it is a little bit of a harley quinn origin story frankly um mm, well then i'm all in um all quinn baby <laughs> fuck it was right there uh yeah so moving on uh, uh all right best action adventure I, game i, I just I just wait, wait, wait. I just, I, I, I really hope you're not going to say Deathloop at all on this list. Do not react. I just, if, if Deathloop is sad on this list, I'm going to, I'm going to break one of my monitors. I have three. Okay. You know, I can lose one. So, yeah, I wouldn't feel bad if it happens. Um, best action adventure game, Metroid Dread. <sighs> okay. Uh, that's, that's fine. Best, whatever. Best community support. FF14, Final Fantasy. Let's go. That's right. That's right. Community fucking support. And you know why? It's because the game's player first. You know, the community's there, but the community could be there for any game. Any game is player first. All right. Uh, Role-playing game. Winner was Tales of Arise. Okay. Edging out Cyberpunk, SMT5, and Scarlet Nexus. Hmm. Uh, How do you feel about that? uh, Four games I really liked. I think Tales of Arise probably is the right call because... Cyberpunk still hasn't reached its final form. SMT5 is so much more about grinding than roleplay stuff and story. And Scarlet Nexus is just like an anime. Uh-huh. Um, I'm going to skip art direction. Because imagine Deathloop? Uh, maybe. <laughs> okay, skip it. Um, best ongoing game, FF14. Okay, let's fucking go. Edging. And it beat out. What did it beat out? Destiny? No, it beat out Fortnite, Call of Duty Warzone, Genshin Fuck Impact, you, and Apex Legends. Get fucked, fuck Fortnite. You're going to need a little more than Dwayne the fucking cuck Johnson. Uh, Damn. Future 2028 presidential nominee. <laughs> Dwayne the cuck Johnson. All right. Dwayne the cuck Johnson. Uh, I, just, I just really have to say... It is the best ongoing game I because it because it only gets better every single expansion, and that never happens. There's always a whiff. There's always a time where it goes down, and they have to recover. But no, every single expansion is a realization and a like of what they've done before, and a building upon it to even greater heights. Yeah, and that's truly what makes it the best ongoing MMO and it's going to continue being the best MMO for the next 10 years. I believe it. Um, everyone seems to agree. All right. Best narrative goes to Marvel's guardians of the galaxy. Oh, wow. Uh, they fly now. I'm debating picking this game up, especially if it's on sale during the Christmas time, because I've actually heard that it is way, way better than like anyone expected it to be. I have heard the same. And you know what? I'm also ready to be the annoying guy that tells people that the only good Guardians of the Galaxy story isn't the movies, but this game that no one's played. Yeah, that does seem like a really Griffin thing to do. <laughs> That's strongly in the, within the brand uh, framework. Um, it just seems, just seems like it, it seems like my exact move. Uh, yeah, no, it does. It feels right for you for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Marble game, mobile game winner was Genshin Impact. That's fine. Sure. Um, Anticipated game of the most anticipated game of the year 
which is to say the category that is just a commercial, the winner is Elden Ring. Wow. I mean, and listen, what a hell of a commercial. Beating out Breath of the Wild 2, Starfield, yeah. Horizon Forbidden West, and God of War Ragnarok. Uh, well, for, well, first of all, fuck Starfield. That wasn't even a trailer. You can't you, you can't just put a font. Um, you know, there's also... <sighs> what are the other ones on the list? Zelda Breath of the Wild 2. Breath of the Wild 2 sucked. That trailer wasn't that good. Horizon, we're going to be excited for the... Horizon was fine. And then God of War Ragnarok. God of War Ragnarok... Yeah, that one was disappointing, too, because it, it kind of looked like God of War 1. Yeah, I think Elden Ring deserved this win, even though it's a category that sucks. Now, our game of the year. Griffin, I will remind you of the nominees. Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart. Deathloop. Metroid <sighs> Dread. It Takes Two. Psychonauts uh, 2. Resident Evil Village. And your winner, It Takes Two. No. Yep. <laughs> No, it takes two is your 2021 game of the year, baby. <laughs> Griffin got so mad that the noise suppression just t- turned him off for a second. I am going to become the Pope and reinstitute forced marriage for life. No more divorces. No more stories about divorces. I don't. I'm. I've never been angrier. Yeah, Griffin, you seem like legit. I mean, look, I wouldn't have, I would not have been happy if any of these games won, except maybe if Psychonauts or Metroid had won, there would at least be a little bit of like, maybe this will encourage more fun games to get made that are in those styles. Um, But man, oh man, they didn't. Instead, instead, it's It's Take Two. Wow. Wow. Indeed. I, I, Listen, I'm not mad. I'm just tired. 200,000 likes, 190,000 retweets. Yeah. Um, it's really, really tough. And that's just the state of things right now is that I guess when cyberpunk was just so cruelly stabbed in the back, not only by the people who financially ran its operation, but by uh, the audiences themselves, the critics, the journalists, the YouTubers looking for a quick like, a quick retweet, some view counts on their on their on their channel. They were robbed. And this is what happens when everyone is just looking out for themselves and doesn't actually see what's right in front of them. It takes two is what happens. Okay. Yes. This is this is the 2016 election all over again. Wow. Are you, so you're gonna go so far and say that that this is the Donald Trump of video games, or just like I, relative to like why is this unqualified guy president now sort of situation? It's it, that's that's really how I feel about it. I feel like I feel like I'm in the I'm in the celebration building. I'm I'm ready for Cyberpunk to take the stage. I'm ready for Cyberpunk to break the glass ceiling, and and, and then all of a sudden it takes two comes along and I'm just like, wow, this is crazy. It is crazy. Uh, Unexpected. I really thought that that was the least likely to win because of how different than most games it is. And also like how it, I mean, it's pretty effective at its concept for some of it, but not nearly all of it. I want to, I want to force the people who judge these games to like show their 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 played time on all the games they played and see if they even finished it takes two. Damn. Uh that game is exhausting. It goes on for way too long. Um well good for them. And you know, now we're gonna get a bunch of fucking Satan spawn evil new games about divorce. So I hope everyone's happy. We're never gonna get a cool game about having a robot claw for an arm and Keanu Reeves is your best friend. We're gonna learn about why it's um I don't know, why relationships end and how that's beautiful. And we're gonna watch a Halo TV show that looks like it was shot by like my college dorm roommate. Everyone did a great job. We'll see you next year um yeah congratulations in 2022 um and now we're just gonna say that's a great way to end this podcast because now we're both disappointed because i hadn't scrolled up i intentionally scrolled to the bottom 
and worked my way up so I wouldn't know who won the game of the year. Uh, so now we're both kind of shaken and depressed. So let's just all go home. And, and you know, Deathloop won best art direction, so game awards are pro incest. You heard it. You heard it here last. That isn't even the best evidence of that, actually, because uh, Twelve Minutes was second place on best indie game. Damn. Well, they couldn't do it twice. Yeah, they only got one incest in. Thank God. Um, so. If you want to find us, Haley is findable on Instagram and YouTube at Eat Every Sound. Griffin, you can get to him on TikTok and Twitter at Griffin P. Davis or on twitch.tv slash Room to watch him stream. Me, you can find on Twitter at Tailboy. That's T-A-I-L underscore B-O-I. And also streaming on twitch.tv slash Pixel Goblins. Thursdays at 30 and sometimes on Sundays. Um, and you can find all those links in the episode description along with the uh, uh, donation to the strike for Activision and Blizzard employees. Yep, which again mm. is gofundme.com slash f slash abk dash strike dash fund, and it will be in the episode description, so please donate. Check it out. Thank you, guys. I'll be sending some money. I'll be sending some money, and I hope if you can even spare even five bucks, that it, would, it would mean a lot of not just actual financial help for these people, but, you know, just a nice solidarity yeah. to people know that all, we're all we're all gamers united all around the world uh, to, to have games be more, more ethically made for the people that uh, make the things we love. Yep. Gamers of the world unite. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Goodbye.